Let's get Into the Magic with your hosts, Sess and Katie. Welcome to Into the Magic. I am your host, Sess. And I'm Katie. So today we will be talking about female health and hormones and the phases of our cycle and nutrition, as well as how to support yourself during each phase of the month. So a little bit about my background is that I went to school for holistic nutrition. So essentially, the school that I went to was about whole body health, essentially meaning it's not just about the food you eat. It's about the exercise you get, the relationships you have, the quality of life you lead. So nutrition is just a piece of the pie. And the whole pie is representative of your entire health, your entire being and the kind of life that you lead and other things that you are ingesting and feeding yourself. So as a nutrition therapist master, it's my job to figure out what else is going on in the other pieces of the Baha'i that are contributing to your physical health um, and guide you in looking at the spiritual and mental aspects that are contributing to poor health. Let's look at your stress levels. Let's look at the quality of your relationships. Let's look at if you have a healthy period or not. What is a healthy period? Oh, a healthy period. I'm so glad you asked. Yeah, tell us about that. It wasn't until I started going to the school that I learned having pain before or during your period actually isn't normal. And it is against the natural order of things to have a really painful experience. Well, holy shit, ladies. So I remember in my endocrinology class, my teacher asked us to raise our hands if we had uh, PMS or tender breasts or backaches or mood swings or food cravings and stuff like that during before our cycle or during our cycle. And I remember there was like literally three women that did not raise their hands. So these people had no issues during their period. Lucky them. Wow. I mean, I will say that for me personally, I don't have like major cramps that are going to, I used to when I was young and then I was on birth control for a long period of time. Yeah. But like, I don't have major cramps that are going to put me out of commission for the day, but I'll definitely get like a pain from time to time. Yeah. And then prior to my period, my, my back, like you know, I'm going to get my period in the next couple of days. And for example, like last night and this morning, I was like, oh, feels like my kidneys, like my lower back is a little. Yeah. You know, it hurts a little bit. It's not like crazy pain, but it's definitely there. Yeah. And that's not normal. No. I mean, it's normal, but it's not healthy is what you're saying. Right. Just because something is common and normal. Right. Doesn't mean that it's healthy. Yeah. And one of the things that I learned through school and through my practice is that people deal with health problems a lot longer than they should because it's common. But common does not mean it's normal and it does not mean that it's healthy. I just remember being super blown away because I had never known that there was a connection between having a period and what that felt like and the food that I was ingesting. I had no idea. I have never been taught that. It's not um, common knowledge. Having intense food cravings, having <laughs> mood swings, having yeah. a backache, all of those things that I just thought went a lot with the territory are not, in fact, meant to be part of that. <laughs> are there? I don't have too many mood swings around my period. That's good. But it is good, yeah. I mean, I have had a time or two, for sure, where it's just like, what is yeah. all this about? And then you realize, like, oh, because I'm having my period soon. But um, that's not normal for me. It definitely hasn't happened in the last year. But for me personally, because... I'm going to have a lot of questions for you about this topic and you can tell me to shut up if there are other things you want to talk about. But um, because for me personally, I stopped, I had been on birth control for a year, oral birth control for a year when I lived in China and I messed that whole thing up because I'm just not responsible enough to take that properly. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And then, um, which is not safe <laughs> right? if you're doing that. And then I came back and I got an IUD and I had an IUD in for at Marina in for four years. And mm -hmm. I took it out because I was like, well, we'll put in a smaller one because it's whatever. So I put in Skyla and that's supposed to last like three years. And that lasted in me maybe six months. And I was like, get this thing out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My period after the first IUD, I didn't have a period for four years. Wow. 
But Skyla, like, it was very messed up. I was bleeding a lot. I was bleeding when I shouldn't be bleeding. Right. I just wanted it out. And so it's been maybe two years, a year and a half that I haven't had any internal birth control. I've only been using... Um, the natural cycles app and there's this is not yeah. bad for it, but it's um, an FDA approved um, contraceptive where you track your own period. Yes, I've heard of that. I mean, I think you know about this. Yes, you've told me about that. Yeah, but um, yeah, only now, like I was actually very happy this time because the last two months ago, my period was every two weeks and now it's wow. like every three weeks. I was like, all right. Yeah. There. Yeah. We're getting there. <laughs> I wish that all men could have their period at least once in their life so they could have a taste of the experience we have as women and what we go through. Yeah. Uh, Can't wear white pants, dudes. <laughs> you have to bring a tampon everywhere you go, a diva cup, maybe a change oh, of pants. Oh, and if pants. you're doing a diva cup? Yeah. That's basically like you got to lock that door. You can't do that in a public restroom with multiple stalls. That is a single stall. Yes, exactly. Bathroom yeah. type situation because mm-hmm. there's blood everywhere. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. And yeah. it, <laughs> in a period. It's like somebody was slaughtered. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there's like, like a murder scene going yeah, on. There's a murder scene <laughs> happening. Like, yeah. And let's look at the language we use around when women get their periods. It's typically called the curse, the monthly curse. Um, So just like looking at that in that point of view is making it seem like this natural, beautiful thing that women go through is somehow something to be disgusted by. It's something to be um, hidden and it's something to be ashamed of. And I think that, that it's like, it's 2022. Let's be a part of not being so secretive about this, not feeling like this experience that we go through every month is something to hide and to be secretive about and to something to be ashamed about because it is not. And we're all going through it. I mean, historically, it has. Right. Like historically, women would gather in red tents together um, at the new moon. And this was a time when they were on their cycles and they needed more emotional support. It's a time where we go inward and it's a time for more reflection. And um, the women were there for each other. Yeah. What What ha- the hell happened to that? Yeah. What the hell happened to that? I'd like to know. It went from that to literally being something that women need to hide. It became something that we have to cover up that we're experiencing because if we do, especially in like a workplace or something like that, you're not viewed as strong enough. You're not viewed as an equal. You're less than you're dealing with this issue that makes you somehow not equipped to deal with what's going on. I mean, when you swim in the ocean, you think sharks are going to come for you. (laughs) I think they do. I know. I don't know. That might be an urban legend, but I'm not willing to put it to the test. (laughs) I'm not willing to to be the guinea pig on that one. No. (laughs) (laughs) No fucking way. But I what I've learned through this like journey is that what journey or whatever you want to call it is that like this is our birthright as a woman. And this is like a major gift. Fertility. Yes. It shows our fertility and our vitality and like how strong we are. Right. One of the other aspects that I find so fascinating about our cycle as women is the fact that each phase that we go through in our cycle can be directly correlated and connected to a season. So our period when we're bleeding that's winter. That's a time for more introspection, alone time, listening to your intuition. Your follicular phase is spring. Right. When you're ovulating, it's more summertime. And luteal is the fall phase. So I think that when we think about what phase we're in and what season that means, every season mm. has different qualities. Sometimes there's more energy. There's more social energy. Sometimes um, there's more like the summertime ovulation. You're more flirty. You're more flirty with your partner 
or if you don't have a partner with other people, because that's like your hormones dictate so much of this. And what I hear my friends and clients talking about times of low energy and not feeling like doing anything and being really hard on themselves, I am like, hell to the fucking no, we're not going to do that. We have to honor where we are at this moment. Right. And I think it's important to notice that like some people might be listening to this and being like, what are you talking about? That doesn't happen for me. But I think that if you were to like sit quietly and listen to your body, you might notice what Seth is talking about. Yes. And also disclaimer, I'm not on birth control. I haven't been on it in a very long time because I've noticed when I have been in the past, I am absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever do any IUDs? Nope, never done one of those. I think the idea of having like a foreign object inside of me was terrifying. Not for me. Not for you. Yeah. It definitely um, isn't as emotional as I think the oral birth control can be, but it's like still effects, you know, because it's more localized, but... I didn't say this at the top, but obviously medical disclaimer, we're not doctors. Right. We're not doctors. Obviously... Um, birth control is different for every woman. And I urge you to find the right one that doesn't make you feel like you're sacrificing your mental health to be on it. Well, no, I mean, even my sister, who Seth knows as well, she um, she cannot be on oral birth control anymore. Like she literally cannot be on it because she kept having these crazy headaches. Yeah. Like ocular migraines is what they called them. And the doctor was like, um, that's a precursor to a stroke that's caused commonly by um, birth control. So you can literally never be on this again. I mean, and that's what happened to Haley Bieber, too. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it's like, I don't know if you're on oral birth control and you've been having headaches like that. Go see your doctor and stop. I mean, just go see your doctor. Yeah. I'm going to tell you anything else. Yeah. That would be my suggestion because that's um, that's what happened to her. That's and scary. Had, yeah. Major issues with birth control with IUDs and stuff like that too, just because her period has never really been normal. Being on synthetic hormones can really fuck with your body. And instead of like putting up with it and just dealing with it, find a different solution for yourself. And um, yeah, I haven't been on it in many years. I diligently track my cycle though. So I know exactly where I am every single day of the month. I also have a partner and I'm monogamous. And so that's also an aspect that um, might not be the same for everyone. Can we, yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? Because yeah. I think you know that I have like strong feelings about this when I realized um, that like, <laughs> I mean, they just don't like women can literally only get pregnant when they're ovulating. Right. It's a period of four to six days when you're ovulating. Yeah. So, um, like the fact that we can be our own birth control by simply like taking our temperature and monitor, because I think our temperature is higher when we're ovulating. Yeah. Like by doing that and tracking our period to understand like, and, um, the discharge that comes out of us, like when ovulation is most likely happening right. and all that sort of stuff, you don't actually need birth control. Right. Like, so you know, all this stuff is happening <clears throat> currently with, you know, the, the change in the abortion laws and right. Um, then everyone sort of being scared because of what Justin Justice Thomas had insinuated that like maybe we should reconsider things like gay marriage and contraception and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, which is terrifying, sure. And like another topic altogether. But at the same time, you can take that into your own hands. Like you have the power to track your own thing and be in control of your own contraception. Exactly. Like, yeah. And without extra outside stuff. Obviously, yes. In cases of being in a monogamous, monogamous relationship or what that looks like for you. Sure. And also like using a condom if you don't want to get pregnant at those times. Um, obviously, it's not in the case of like rape. Right. Right. Our timing is obviously interesting uh, right now in the news. Roe versus Wade was just overturned. At the time that we're doing it. Yeah. It's like, it's just, I would love okay. to know if yeah. anybody on the Supreme Court knows 
what the fuck goes on yeah or in a woman's body at all ever (laughs) i know you know i know there's a they're on a show called veep on hbo yes which is about you know it so good um what's her name julia dreyfus louise dreyfus or whatever um elaine from seinfeld she's the vice president and she was there's this famous line that i just love she goes if men got pregnant There'd be abortions at fucking ATMs. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And it's not entirely wrong. Like, it's not, she's not wrong. No. And if they have their periods, fucking forget about it. Oh, yeah. We would have holidays monthly. (laughs) We'd sync everyone up and we'd say, (laughs) we'd have monthly holidays when we rest. Yeah. Are you kidding? (laughs) That's so true. I saw this thing on it was like the an onion the onion which is like a satire um yeah. internet website that said like supreme court rules that women are now service animals fuck <laughs> <laughs> it is it's just it's funny and it's but we're laughing because it's like you laugh because that's the only way that you can get through like, this. this because but it's, getting angry it's true. And, yeah. Getting like, I mean, you can get angry. You're right. You have the right to whatever emotions you're having. But it's like there is a point where you have to release all that pent up anger and laugh about it and then take whatever steps you take feel action, you can do within sure. your power yeah. to do something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so back to kind of... Back to, the, Nutrition, periods, periods, and yeah, all that fun stuff. So why don't you tell us about how it, how periods and, you know, like you were saying, hormonal stuff or just all of that um, relates directly to nutrition? Like, what sort of things do you suggest with that? What sort of things should we as women keep in mind? Right. Men yeah. can be listening too, but, you know, they should. You know, <laughs> I'm going to make James listen to this whole episode. <laughs> I'm not going to edit this one. He is. <laughs> He's editing this one. <laughs> so we have four phases of our cycle. And during each one, there can be an increase in certain hormone and a decrease in others, which really makes a lot of space for our bodies and our moods and our energy levels to be at very different places. Mm-hmm. So during uh, the different phases of the month, we have hormones such as estrogen, progesterone, um, a luteinizing hormone that all play a specific part. And I like to think of our endocrine system, which is hormones, our chemical messengers, as a symphony. We all have okay. we all have different part that we have to play in order for everything to really be harmonious. Okay. I like to think of our hormones as specific instruments that are playing a a specific part. They're playing a role. These hormones need to hit the right note. They have to work well with one another. And if they are overperforming or underperforming, you're going to feel that in your body. Are there any solos? (laughs) I'm, uh, I'm so glad you asked that because there aren't. I everything in the body works together synergistically. It's a team. Before we started recording, you were talking about how you had to get a new radiator put in your car. And I think one of the most one of the most common misconceptions about the human body is that we're not cars. You can't just switch out one thing and everything works perfectly. Everything in our bodies work together. It's like a domino effect. If one thing is off, then many, many other things are going to be off. And that's why it's so important to find the root cause. Right. And one of the important things to remember about our bodies is that we all are bio individuals. We all have different systems. We all have different births and childhood experiences and childhood nutrition or childhood trauma, all kinds of things that play into our health right. today. It's more about balance than it is about replacing things exactly like you're saying with yes. the car. It's not like taking this out and putting something new in. Putting a new it's, part in. Because that causes problems. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it can cause problems. Yeah. It's yeah. about finding that key thing and where the imbalance in the relationship is happening and how to calm that down and fix it. Yeah. The goal is homeostasis. It's for everything in our body systems to be balanced. Yeah. 
Yeah. Honestly, it took me being a full grown woman and going to school for this to actually learn about my body. Yeah. My hormones, my endocrine system, my thyroid, what the purposes of all these hormones are. Women specifically can have so many issues with their thyroid that are not addressed because they're still yeah. just like getting by. But it's so much more than that. We want to thrive. We don't want to just get by. Right. So our bodies have endocrine glands, which include the pituitary, pineal, and the hypothalamus, all that are in the brain. We have the thyroid, pancreas, um, thyroid, thymus, I might have said that twice, adrenal, uh, our adrenal glands, our ovaries, and testes. So they are responsible our hormones are responsible for not only our sexual health and well-being, um, they're responsible for digestion, for metabolism, for bone health. And they all they all speak to one another. We call them chemical messengers. And there's tropic hormones, which signal to other hormones to secrete. So it is it's a very complex, interesting system within our bodies. Right. They can be compromised by the food we're eating, the exercise we're getting, our stress levels, uh, pollution, things like that. Everything affects. And as females, when estrogen is out of whack or there's too much, that's dangerous. Yeah, my sister, her doctor, because of that whole thing is like, you can't eat soy because her estrogen. Soy is a whole nother bag of worms. <laughs> like she literally can't eat soy. I mean, I don't, I don't eat soy when I like, I don't really eat that much. Soy, well, but. fermented soy is a different thing. Okay. I generally tell people to stay away from soy products because your body can read it as estrogen right. because it's an estrogen mimicker. So that can right. lead to more estrogen dominance, which is really harmful for women not only that, there's also a staggering statistic, something like 98 or 99% of all soy is GMO. So that's not great either. That's good. And that's what is that genetically modified organism? Yet if a soy product is fermented, such as nato, natto or tempeh or miso, it's really nourishing and good for you. And there can also be an issue with like a vegetarian or vegan diet because not all, but many of their protein sources or like meat mimicking sources yeah. Yeah. happen to be tofu. So it's very heavy in the soy department. So there's a lot of issues with that. And, you know, maybe we could talk about that in another episode about supporting your body if you yeah, are vegetarian when i was a vegetarian <laughs> yeah oh my god i, I remember, remember house, i would like eat a block of soy a block of tofu like i don't eat that i eat tofu oh sorry i don't eat chicken i don't eat that i eat tofu i'm healthy guys i don't eat that <laughs> yeah i'm healthy and it was like tofu and like seasoning and like cheese <laughs> and i'm lactose intolerant yeah. my dumb ass like, oh yeah <laughs> anyway yeah, I'm a vegetarian. I'm eating cheese pizza and I'm dipping it in ranch. Yeah, I mean, that is vegetarian. That <laughs> was me, dude. Don't laugh. You fucking know. I know it was you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, back to estrogen and progesterone. Um, we also have FSH hormone, which is follicular follicle stimulating hormone okay. and our luteinizing hormone and those are both um, produced by the pituitary gland okay so during the follicular phase it was the pituitary in the brain yes the pituitary is in the brain uh-huh so let's get into the phases which begin uh, with the follicular phase which means a follicle is maturing and that produces Estrogen. So you'll have more of an estrogen boost at this time. Okay. And uh, during this time, our bodies release the follicle stimulating hormone and the luteinizing hormone. And this is immediately following your bleeding phase, your menstrual phase. And I find that this is the time I have the most energy out of my okay. entire cycle. I find that this is the time that I like really want to like get out there and get after it and like <laughs> do some of like the hardest stuff is <laughs> in this phase. And I also like want to stress that every body is different. And some women have like a lot more energy during the first week of their okay. luteal phase. Which is when? So the luteal 
uh, comes after ovulation. Okay. So during the follicular phase, you want to be consuming foods like pumpkin, squash, leafy greens, lentils, uh, healthy fats, like nuts and seeds and avocados and salmon, um, as well as flax. One of the things that I have found to be super helpful is a concept called seeding, which means you consume different types of seeds for uh, the different phases you're in. So ovulation, you want to eat flax, uh, follicular <clears throat> as well. Uh, when you're menstruating, pumpkin and flax is really good. For your luteal, sunflower, and sesame seeds are really amazing. So the concept of consuming specific foods with specific nutrients for each phase that you're in, I think it's it's sort of like a training cycle. And then when you get your period and your bleeding phase, depending on how intense or painful that is, it means like for me, when I look at myself, okay, there's like definitely room for improvement. Um, around the things I am doing the rest of the month that is leading up to this pain. See, I love that because that's like, <laughs> I'm I'm that way where I'm sort of trial and error. I want to be like, okay, let me see, let me try these things and then see how it works. And to like, it's kind of like a game that you get to it play, is. Like an experiment yeah. you get to have. So I love that. Some months when I am bleeding and I have my period, I feel super, super crappy Sometimes I feel amazing, um, right? But I can always like look back and see, okay, I did this thing way too much, um, or I didn't do this enough, right? So it's like about revisiting all of the choices that I've made that have led up what to this. What sort of things worsen, like can cause can worsen a period? That's an um, awesome question. Um, okay, it's. Sugar. Sugar's huge. Um, okay. Processed foods, refined carbohydrates. Carbs, even like like sweet potato carbs or just like bread? No, uh, like junkier okay. carbs, like pretzels, chips, crackers, okay, breads, white breads. More like the simple carbs that yeah, yeah. your body uh, and a lot of like sh- high sugar content. And I know my body does not respond well to sugar. Not. Yeah, I am. Um, not many bodies yeah, do. I don't eat a lot of it. Yeah. I don't eat a lot of it. Um, but I notice when I do, like I recently bought some dark chocolate covered almonds. Yeah. Or pecans or something. And they're like, I usually get the kind that don't have like the sweetener yeah. added to them. But I was like, fuck it. Let's yeah. Let's get some sugar. And it's a lot on my body. Like, it's a lot. It's, yeah. It's like so good that you notice that about your body and how it responds to sugar. Um, it affects like your mental state as well. So it wasn't until I removed it that I noticed how much better it felt. How do you feel about kombucha? Because kombucha has some sugar in it. I mean, it's not a soda, but it has sugar. Yeah, so I like love kombucha, right? Um, but there are certain brands that have a higher content than others. Yeah, we like the GT Synergy one. Yeah. Have you ever? Um, yeah, it has like four, eight grams of sugar. Yeah, it has a lot more sugar. Have you heard of the brand Rowdy uh, Rowdy yeah. Mermaid? Yeah, that one has a lot. Yes. Lower yes, sugar content, yeah. but is also like. Not no, it's not as good because there ain't no that much sugar in it. Right, it's I mean, not it's as good. good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. But yeah, um, it's also something to watch. Even though it's like a health food, it's also can be extremely high in sugar. Right. And I also just want to like point out that like our health, our overall health, is dictated by the little choices that we make every single day. Um, are we choosing more healthy, healing, nourishing foods? Are we getting enough exercise? Are our relationships good? Are we getting sunshine? Um, are we having uh, able to manage our stress effectively? All of these things right. contribute to the health of our period as well. So right. it's all interconnected. Uh, an example I have of this is like during the holidays, I'm always like, well, this is it. This is like Super Bowl. There's like so much delicious food and desserts. And I find that I always have a very painful, challenging period come January and February. Right. 
Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And that's how it's been for me. And um, I'm not going to like shame myself or regret it. At the moment, it was worth it. But it's interesting to note. I mean, come to think about it when I was talking about having like cramps that would put me out when I was younger. Yeah. It's because I was eating that way. Garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Garbage. Like, not that I'm like... There's a not that I've gone through so many phases of how I eat and what I eat and what I do and how I perceive things. Like I've definitely been in a phase where I like don't eat any carbs. Yeah. And been in a phase where I'm like, you know, fruits have a lot of sugar in them. And it's like, yeah, they do, but like you're eating blueberries, bitch, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I know. It's like, like a very fine balance yeah. of caring about what you consume without and being completely obsessed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've done all of those things, but yeah. like, uh, yeah, my period has been less intense. Yeah. Since since I've been more aware of like how and what I eat, I guess. Yeah. It's also just like many other diseases and ailments that arise. Um, start with food. Start with what you're eating. That is the foundation of health. That is the foundation of your health. So when, um. Symptoms arise uh, when diseases or disturbances arise. Come back to the basics. Right. Look at look at what you're consuming. It's very undervalued um, and under acknowledged that it is the foundation for our health. Girl. And how powerful it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and it's really about finding that balance between enjoying that dessert at Christmas, but also enjoying like how I feel in my body. And that's huge. Um, Because to feel comfortable and vital and energetic, that's super important to me. And Mm -hmm. for so many women out there, um, it can really nutrition can bleed into that diet mentality of perfection. And like you said, like, Um, monitoring blueberries because of the sugar content. And that's like really bordering on such a viewpoint of food and what we're consuming to an extreme. So I encourage people to like really look at what they're eating, make sure you're enjoying it, but also make sure like your body's enjoying it. Yes. I, yeah. I mean like, yeah. So I don't, I personally don't eat a lot of red meat though. I do love meat. And there was a period of time where I was eating a burger. Like, I was eating burgers and steak, like a good amount for a couple months. Um, and my digestive tract was just like, what the fuck are you doing to us? Yeah. Bitch? And I started noticing because I pick up on those things like, oh, my body is like not liking the amount of meat, like red meat in particular that I'm eating. Yeah. Like, cause it's just not like, I don't think it's just, it's not for me to eat that much. Yeah. Red meat. I eat a lot of other meat, but like just not for my body. Yeah. And so I sort of stopped doing that. It doesn't mean that I don't do it from time to time, but I went to one of the best dinners of my life a couple months ago. Um, yeah. And, you know, ribs and I ate, this like honey yogurt, which I am for sure lactose intolerant. And um, these, I don't even know, like some breaded lobster or something. And I, wow. yeah. I'm, not, uh, I'm not celiacs, but I definitely uh, have some non-favorable reactions to gluten as well. And so I, I ate like the three things that I'm like not supposed to be eating. It was delicious. Yeah. yeah. 100% worth it. Yeah, it's not something that I can do all the time. Like I'm not doing that for months and months and months. Yeah, I'm definitely not eating dairy again because I feel like I. Yeah, and I'm just not doing that because that's what I think caused the most problems, and it it, it personally affects my digestive tract the most. Those types. That's of huge. Yeah, me. yeah. A concept that's also really interesting to explore is how do you feel when you're consuming this food. Are you anxious? Because if so, your digestive tract is going to constrict. It's not going to be mm-hmm. as easy. Sit up. Yeah, I I love that you do that. Thank you. And it's it's like so important yeah. to like sit up, to be in a mindset of receiving your food. Say a prayer. Say a blessing. Be grateful. Be happy. Be present. Um, so much uh, digestion can be tied to our emotional yeah. state. So be in a place of contentment right. and receiving and relaxation and presence with your food so right. that you can digest that food properly. Um, Cause if not you, your body isn't, 
isn't going to utilize it like it needs. And I mean, is that's probably why you put on weight when you're more stressed too, right? Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, you have more cortisol Boston, in your body. Yeah. I was running 10 milers doing CrossFit and doing an hour and a half of yoga, like almost every yeah. day. And my cortisol was insane. Yeah. And I'm leaner now than I was then. And I don't do yeah. half that amount of working out. Yeah. That's exhaust. How do you, you sustain that? I mean, like, yeah, you don't. I'll tell you that. It's also super important to sit straight up, to have your digestion in alignment and not be hunched over your food. Because um, when you are, your whole digestive tract is not in alignment. Oh, I didn't even. Yeah. Think I like that. You're a human, not an animal. <laughs> You're not shoveling food into your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Taking that moment as well to connect with your food. Yeah. And I like that idea of gratitude because I've seen you when you eat. I've seen you do that, you know? Yeah. I don't know when that process yeah. began for me, but to take a moment um, and sit with it and ask that food to nourish and satiate you, give you energy, vitality, nourishment for your day, for the purpose of eating, right. I find that it's important to connect with it and um, to take that moment of mindfulness to think about if you're hungry, if you're not hungry, what you need for the rest of the day. And it's an exchange yeah, between you and the food. Yeah. So take that moment of mindfulness to connect to the food, to be present, to breathe, to sit up straight. Um, right. Not to say like a prayer and like the religious meaning, but to say a prayer of connection and chew your food. <laughs> and there's also something that I tell myself, I tell my clients and I tell my friends um, is a gentle reminder that even if last week or a couple of days ago you were full of energy, you had an amazing weekend where you climbed a mountain and you felt like you were on top of the world and had tons and tons of energy or like you just had like an amazing couple days at the gym and this week you're exhausted and you have low energy and you feel depleted that here's the reminder. Here's the PSA. You're a woman. Your hormones fluctuate. They change. They go up and down. We are not men. We are in a different rhythm than they are. We are in the infradian rhythm, not the circadian that they are where they can expect to know how to feel every day because they have hormones uh, that don't fluctuate. Mm. And not only does our energy change, but sometimes we're hungrier than others. And I think that's very challenging for women, especially women who have dealt with disordered eating to acknowledge the fact that like, oh, I need more food right now. I'm really hungry right now. And to honor that and to not slip into like some sort of, you know, diet punishing mentality where you deny yourself what your body is actually asking for, because that is such a huge part of exactly what I'm talking about. This whole podcast is acknowledging the intricacies and the beauties of the feminine body, the female body. I hope that this gives women permission to honor each phase of the cycle. Like when you're ovulating, enjoy being more social and more flirty and feeling hornier. There was some Discovery Channel show that I was watching years ago that talked about that. And it said that women during ovulation, they're like, they glow more, like their, their skin texture actually changes. Their face gets plump, like they just, they look better. Generally. Yeah. And yep. um, they also, uh, they flirt more. And in particular, women who already have partners are more flirty. <laughs> Interesting. During that period. I Interesting. remember being like, oh, huh. Okay. But I can't name the show because, like I said, it was probably 10 years ago. We should try to find that because I think yeah, that's really we'll interesting. Yeah. You know, like I said at the top of the show, your ovulation phase, a, a period of a couple of days, is the only time during the month where you can get pregnant, where you can conceive a child. So plan the things around you being more social, more being more talkative, being more out there, being more extroverted, having more energy, get together with friends more, do more challenging workouts like mountain biking or CrossFit, um, things like that. Plan and add things 
into your schedule that fit your cycle. So it's kind of like, just like you might sync your goals up with like the phases of the moon. Yes, that's sense. exactly like, right. Okay, the new moon is the best time to manifest. So like yeah. I manifest and then full moon is like things coming to fruition and yes. blah, 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 blah. That's yeah. like also what you do or you're suggesting you kind of do with your body as well, where you like, yes, absolutely. Don't have unreasonable expectations for yourself. Like you just kind of have to flow. So like sometimes go with the flow. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to feel like you're ready to be productive and do shit. And when your body's telling you no. Right. Listen to it. Just chill. Yeah, exactly. Go with what your body wants and don't compare your stamina to other women or especially men. Right. Right. It's something to be honored and respected about ourselves. Right. Right. We're not you. We're not men. And thank God, right. <laughs> you know, it's not our role. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, during ovulation, it's important to eat more raw foods like smoothies and salads and probiotic foods like kimchi and sauerkraut. And now we're going to kind of hop into the luteal phase, which lasts almost two weeks, more around 11 days. And I view it as separating one week okay. in the second because a lot changes within those two weeks. But during this time, your progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone are all at higher levels. And you're going to have a lot of energy in the first week. So do cross-training, do power yoga. The second week, you'll kind of (laughs) head downwards, you know? A slow descent. Yeah, Yeah. a slow descent. Um, So, I mean, I used to be more... Like, okay, I'm in my luteal phase at the first part of it. I need to be doing this kind of exercise. Um, Now it's more like asking my body what would feel good for me to do instead of, you know, having a strict discipline around it, you know. And and during the last part of the luteal phase, do like go on a walk, walk your dog more, um, go to a yin yoga class, stretch. You know, it's like Pilates, like something. Yes. Um, So uh, some good foods to eat during this period are sunflower seeds, sesame seeds, um, wild caught salmon, grass fed beef, leafy greens, navy beans, sweet potatoes. um, Okay. And uh, chickpeas and lentils are good foods, too. Um, So let's kind of head into the menstrual phase where... If an egg has not been fertilized, we will bleed and our endometrium lining will begin to shed. Right. Bleeding typically will last um, three to seven days. That's the typical cycle. God, I wish it was three days. I'm usually around four days. I wish mine was three days. You want? How long does yours last? I'm like five or six still very normal but we'll see i'm still balancing yeah. this is still balancing everything's still balancing but yeah and i also don't know if it's changed a little bit because like when i was having my period i um like i switched probably 10 12 years ago from tampons to D- the diva cup yeah and so like my body just kind of diva cup is more free flow like, yeah, there's nothing stuck up. It's like a cup for it to be collected in versus something that like can potentially block some of that flow. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, a tampon is absorb absorbs it, but it doesn't leave like an openness for the body to flow naturally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So and I don't know if the body's just like, oh, we're going. And so it just keeps I have no idea. This is what has happening in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that we're like on that topic, um, if you use tampons, like I do, I I prefer tampons at this moment. Make sure they're organic. Yeah. Yeah. That's, or have, what's, that's what preempted me being like, fuck that. I'm going to do the Diva Cup. Yes. Because I read a few articles about um, yeah, the bleach they're, that's in tampons. Yeah, they're bleached. That's like into one of the most absorptive portions of your body. Like Yes. To the blood system. like They also contain like traces of dioxin and pesticides and all all kinds of toxins. So to mitigate that, um, do things like get the Diva Cup or get organic tampons. Um, find a way to support yourself in a healthier way than conventional tampons. Or do a Diva Cup. Or do thinks like I have the thinks. The, yeah, the thinks underwear. I do those at night, and 
I mean, last time I had my period was a lazy like few days where I was working from home. And so I was like, I'm just wearing these. I'm not putting anything in. Yeah. And it was fucking great to just free bleed. <laughs> like that's, yeah, it's yeah. super liberating. Yeah. Well, one of the things that's like we're not only expected to like hide our symptoms and our changing mood, we're also supposed to like not acknowledge the fact that our bodies are bleeding. Right. Right. Yeah. So during your menstrual phase, your hormones are actually at their lowest levels, which is why you don't have a ton of energy. Okay. Looking forward to that this week. I always like to remind women that your body is already doing so much during this time. Yeah. It is okay to take a break and take it easy. So do the type of movement that feels good to your body in this phase, whether it's stretching or yin yoga or going for a walk or napping or literally doing nothing it is okay to take a break and go inward during this time but like oddly enough like I think like two summers ago when I was like on one of like the heaviest periods I've had in a long time I was backpacking and climbed a 14er so you do what you can do well shit so yeah oddly enough some of the hardest um, physical things that I've done have been when I'm on my period I don't know how it, it happens like that. Maybe I should have planned things differently, but it's how it goes. Yeah, you can do it. You can still do anything. And one of my favorite phrases is anything you can do, I can do bleeding. <laughs> That's what I tell James. I'm sure he loves that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sometimes when I'm on my period, I'll be like, leave me the fuck alone. And I don't want to do anything. And, and he'll be like, hey, I remember when we climbed a mountain when you were on it. One time, this time, like you Not can do stuff, time. like don't push <laughs> it. Not this time, bucko. <laughs> so um, and on a, to like more nutrition is uh, when you think about it, your body is losing blood. It's losing iron. It's losing zinc. So replenish those stores with like uh, kelp, seaweed. I like sushi or uh, miso soup and grass fed steak. Those are awesome. Consume sweet potatoes, um, kidney beans, sardines. Yeah. So I just like to end on the note of give this months, give this uh, a couple of months in order for your body to recalibrate your hormones to rebalance and to start feeling more healthier and happier in your body. Um, it's not a quick fix. It takes time, but you have to give your body that chance. And sometimes it's like, you don't know what feeling good is until you try something different than what you're doing. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. That goes with exercise too. It's like, you don't yes. realize that you might like yeah. certain like exercise, like exercising yeah. until you kind of like start doing it. Yeah. Give it a chance. Try something new. If nothing changes, nothing changes. Yeah. I think it would be really awesome also to do an episode connecting our cycle with the moon cycle and the moon phases. Yeah. To connect the two. Yeah, there was a period of time where every full moon I would have my period and then every new moon I would have my period. Like, yeah, for sure. It shows how deeply we are connected to the earth as above, so below. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's fucking awesome. And so maybe I don't love that I have my period every month, but... I mean, you can even do some witchy shit like my shaman will tell me sometimes. She's like, if you're on your moon cycle, go give some back to the earth. It's like, go literally go like... Because I have the diva cup so I can pour it, you know, or whatever. But like it can actually literally like give my fertility yeah. back to the earth, to Mother Earth and gratitude yeah. and thanks. Right. You know, I. Yeah. And I love that connection. I mean, we are we came about because of the conditions, the right conditions of this world. Like so we're just as much a part of it as anything else. Exactly. And in the more connected to you are to the earth, to your body, to the moon cycles, to nature, yeah. like the, I don't know, it's for me, it's cool. about, it makes life no. easier and you're more in the flow and things make more sense. It's really cool. It's not a curse. And if it feels like it is, then start working on some of these things that Seth was talking about and stuff that we'll post later on Instagram about how to like better balance your cycle and work with that sort of thing to just test it out because it it doesn't have to feel like that yeah if it sucks and it's uncomfortable yeah. try something new i also invite you to um 
change the vernacular, change the messages around when you do have your period to maybe not, of course, it's uncomfortable sometimes. Um, it's depleting, right. but find a new way to give yourself the message that it's okay to look inward, to meditate more, right. to journal, and to take that quiet time. Tap into her. It's a gift for sure. Tap into the divine feminine of the experience of being a woman and that inner essence of who you are. And as we're wrapping it up here, we just want to thank you for listening. And uh, we will be putting resources into the show notes and our Instagram page. So please be sure to check those out. And thank you, Sess, for your knowledge and sharing that for all of us. Oh, thank you, Katie. You're welcome. All right. Take it. I know you oh, don't like okay, it. So. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, stay in the magic and hopefully this episode inspires you to get into the magic of your cycle and all the phases that go along with it and the beauty that lies in every one of them. Welcome to our far out and out there segment where we talk about strange and unexplained phenomenon or spooky stories. Real spooky stuff. Yes. And today we have a special guest, our producer, as well as my husband of eight days, James Newman. Welcome to the show, James. Hi, uh, longtime listener, first time caller. Uh, <laughs> very happy to be here. Um, huge fan. I love the work that you guys are doing and I love the show. Thank you so much. And uh, I hear that you have a story that you are willing to talk about on this show that is spooky. So please take the floor. I love that you have all this stuff. We've already like set all this gear up. We're already recording. And I did not know that I was bringing up the topic. What are we <laughs> talking about today? You have a story about... Uh, Somewhere than the town that you grow up in and about a spooky house. Oh, yes. Okay. So I grew up in the northern part of Colorado Springs and the next northern part of Colorado Springs was um, Black Forest. And that's kind of where like the outlaws and the, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm serious. That's where like the people that didn't really want neighbors and wanted to be left alone would live out there. And a friend I had um, met through other buddies in high school would have parties and stuff at his house. And we started to hear what was going on in this house. And it was a lot of spooky stuff. And so... This house actually had a Discovery Channel episode of like unexplained wow. or mysterious something or other. I wish I knew it better. We do have a link. We found that and we will put that up on the Instagram page. But um, in the show notes. Yeah. So you can find some of this stuff in the pictures that go along with what I'm talking about. But so there were orbs of light that would appear in this main room of it was just like a very large single room cabin with like bedrooms off to the side of this main room. Um, but it was very, very old and the land was supposedly very sacred or something. You know, a lot of spookiness went into trying to figure this out, but um, orbs of light would appear and these were visual to not only photograph, but to the people present, these were really, really bright. Like these were spooky. Um, Did as, you ever see one? Yes. And wow. You know, we were drinking pretty heavily into the night. LSD? When, uh, we weren't doing any, <laughs> yeah, we weren't doing any spooky drugs, but no. <laughs> Um, we were drinking whiskey and this is a very old pioneer cabin type. Yeah. Situation. It looks like a log cabin exactly. from the pictures online. And that was fed into the lore of it, of like what the place was. And interesting. There were like beams of light that would also come through at night. And so the owner of the property was always scared that 
people were messing with him or neighbors wanted him to leave or somebody was trying to scare him away. Wow. And so he wasn't the type to be scared. So he would grab the gun and start walking the property line and checking what's going on. And it just, things just kept happening to the point that he put his money where his mouth was and invited a camera crew who actually got a bunch of stuff while they were there. Yeah. Now this isn't solid, solid, you know, evidence of anything. It's just like, there was some stuff that on cameras back then when they were taking these pictures, this stuff wouldn't have shown up. It would have been hard to manipulate. And yeah. Do. Um, it's stuff like, like a camera being knocked off the tripod and like, beams of light getting caught on camera and stuff like that. But it's also manipulation of shutters and long exposures, which digital cameras didn't have at this period. Yeah. They were just able, they were kind of set to the best auto setting that they had. I know because I owned like a Sony and what the were taken on and no brag. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just, you couldn't do anything with them. They were just like, here's your shot. Yeah. Now go print that off on your Canon with your mom and dad's PC. Yeah. That's what you got. So these, these photos that we're leaving in the link here, you'll see them. Um, but definitely the better of all this stuff is the video link at the bottom going into the YouTube of this spooky guy talking about it. Um, this friend had a very hard time Mm -hmm. and he didn't survive. And like this family, it was kind of thought to be cursed and stuff. And like all the things that went into this property and this house and then everything that it's just really the black forest has a lot of those stories and more. It does. Oh yeah. I didn't know that, that. Uh, that area of Colorado Springs was known for that. It's more locals and locals know it best, but there are some podcasts and other places to find that. Um, They get pretty political, so we're not going to endorse them here on this. If if you are interested in that, definitely go seek that out. They, um, They have some of that knowledge. And so they... The other tragic thing about this land is that there were huge fires that came and burnt most of Black Forest down at a certain point. So um, the community has been through a lot. Yeah. So if any listeners are traveling through, there are some great businesses to support in the area and they have rebuilt that. So and they're trying to rebuild. So definitely support Black Forest. It's a lovely place. <laughs> we ad- <laughs> we endorse Colorado, Northern Colorado Springs. Do we? Why not? Do we? <laughs> well, that's a really interesting story. And it's like, <clears throat> it's really sad because like how, how unnerving to live in a house for any period of time where there is like strange and unexplained and spooky and creepy things happening. It's not only like affecting, it affects your family and it affects the energy in the household. And it sounds really creepy and it sounds like it really affected all the members of this household. Yeah. And that's really sad. And it didn't have long, long, repercussions because of that yeah and it sounds like um a couple members of the family uh passed away or took their own lives yeah and it was very spooky circumstances around that it's such a more morbid topic that i don't i want to respect those involved and, and just stay out of it but um i think you bring up the the point And that is if you're constantly dealing with trauma and are around something that you don't understand and it's not fun, it's not experimenting or whatever growth that can happen from it, um, then maybe they should have moved on. Maybe they should have looked for, but again, um, he took an approach and he was very, very stout about 
I'm going to deal with this and I can handle this and somebody's messing with me. Yeah. But yeah. Maybe like the mentality of like, how could it be like an, an energy or an entity that I can't see? It has to be like a tangible thing. Yeah. Like not an unseen force. But what's funny is we were little kids growing up when we were introduced to this place and to the kids, we just accepted that it was magic and that these were things that were actually happening and that this, and that this is fun and this is wow. Yeah. It didn't scare you? No. Interesting. No, we liked being around it. Cause like I, I had a friend that I grew up with that I went to elementary school with and like spooky stuff always was like happening at her house and it scared the ever loving fuck out of me. And it was like, it did not sit well with me because not only was it like, I couldn't see it, I couldn't explain it, but, but the energy of the house. And I don't know if this was like the household and her family and their dynamic, but the energy was not safe. And so I didn't feel safe there. And I think that that translated to, I remember like hearing something moving in the closet and being like, well, I can never come here again. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. I, and you know how scared I get. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's funny that you said the not safe thing because there were aspects of that house and family and situations that when you would get around them, it was insanely unsafe. Um, so I think that you're absolutely right with, there are some other circumstances that feed into all of this. That yeah. Make it, um, yeah. And, and it's also like when you like, in jest because I remember like going to this uh my friend's house and I adored her but like after school no one would be there and we would watch like unsolved mysteries and I would be terrified I think that (laughs) this story is on unsolved mysteries we'll we'll find all these links and stuff too and put them in the show notes I mean it, it, it was right up that 90s spook what, yeah. what can we sell? What's that guy's name? Robert Stack. Exactly. The I trench think, coat. Yeah. The, the music machine. was what always got me. The oh, music haunting. was perfect. Totally haunting. <laughs> but but yeah, what a what a what a haunting story. And ha- what a sad story too. Not just for for mostly for the family. That they endured this and that they couldn't let go of not only like the demons in the house, but like their own demons as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what I, we would see. <laughs> we have a, a one-year-old puppy and she is outside the door and we can hear her whining for us because she feels left out. <laughs> we would bring her in to record, but, but she's she annoying. starts yeah. to eat the microphones. Yeah. So, yeah, that was funny that you had mentioned demons because it was it got worse and worse and worse. And there is definitely a boiling point. And it's almost like many, many of the cliches and the horror movies and all the stuff that show these same topics and like Amityville horror stuff like that. It's almost identical stories. Yeah. Like, who is it? The people or the, the space that they're in? But this family also was sitting there taking photographs and going, look at this, look at that, look at that. And it's it's not visually, I don't want to tease you and say, oh my gosh, you're going to see a ghost on screen when you look at these photos. It doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like much nowadays. But to, like I was saying, the effect of what you had available in the modern or average camera at that 90s right like, I think these photos are 91 or yeah. 93 or something this wasn't a period where you could do a lot of this manipulation that you could fake nowadays really easy right 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 interesting yeah. so take a look watch the YouTube they do yeah. a lot better on the YouTube of juicing it up and hyping it <laughs> but awesome 
Well, anything else to add? Well, and also there is a lot of other Colorado Springs spookiness. So well, we'll maybe, save that for another uh, far out and out there. Maybe tune then. back in. You can invite me back. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you, James, for uh, telling us about this spooky story. Happy to be here. <laughs> Thanks. Bye.